Winter evenings are rough. It's uh, 8 o'clock here in Bakersfield, California. November 16th, Monday, 2020. And just got done doing a workout. Their workouts are so much easier in the spring and the summertime when it's daylight out and warm. Come evening, even though I was doing most of the workout inside the house, it's still like, man, dark at 4.45. Uh, how am I going to do this workout where usually no big deal to do an hour, hour and a half in the evenings. You know, my hour, hour and a half in the mornings too. So this evening, got on the spin bike while watching uh, some Pine Gap on Netflix about the Australian United States surveillance stuff down there in Australia. Kind of interesting. Then hopped on the uh, treadmill, did a swift workout, one of their 30-minute workouts, and then finished up the workout, went outside actually, and did a a CrossFit workout, uh, uh, as many reps as possible, 15 minutes, doing sit-ups, which worked pretty good for me, and uh, some kettlebell swings, and then uh, burpees, and I'm actually almost going to do burpees now. They're still pretty crappy, but... Anyways, uh, tonight I was wanting to talk about this article I saw the other day that I posted on my Patreon page about um, stress fractures. And it's interesting, I often get people talk about stress fractures in running, and it's kind of interesting. This thing says, how to reduce stress fracture risk for training strategies that will make you less susceptible to running-related stress fractures. And before I get into the article, one of the things that was kind of crazy, right in the beginning it says, because of this, lower body stress fractures are a common injury among runners, representing 20% of all running-related injuries. I read that, and this is in this Podium article, and I read that and I went, that's nuts. It's written by uh, Ian McMahon just recently, 2020, and I'm just like, 20%? That just can't be possible. And because, you know, I've been been running since 1979. Um, You know, like most runners, when I first started, I had shin splints, and then they went away, and those are kind of an overuse injury that I guess could eventually become a stress fracture. But, you know, you're thinking all the years I've been running and all the athletes I've coached. I mean, I coached in high school for um, three or four years. I coached, you know, adults for a decade in person, still do some online. And I can't remember a single person with a stress fracture. And then I followed the sport. And, you know, there's been some elite athletes who've gotten stress fractures in their legs and their feet. But still, the numbers, no way. It says 20% of all running-related injuries, lower body stress fractures. And it's just like, and it's not, so it's not a common, very, very bizarre. So um, one of the things they left out in this article, too, is almost all the people I've ever encountered who've gotten stress fractures are unfortunately usually young women. And it's more of a diet-related thing. You know, we, it's all seeping in the news, but just that pressure to stay lean and so pretty much stress fractures generally seem to come about because of um, not eating properly. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's a genetic factor and maybe some of these other things that we'll go over here in the article. But for the most part, it's just, you know, dieting and exercising a lot and just not getting enough calcium and all those kind of things. So very, very strange article in terms of them saying this happens. So talks about here they do have, um, you know, comprehensive program so that you don't get these things and you know it's a you know it says here that um getting fast is hard work long training runs and blah 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 um nagging discomfort gets worse after running on it deep aching pain of distressed bone is unlike that of muscle soreness of fatigue as many have learned running through the signs of an overload bone can lead to a stress fracture and i think people you know stop way before they get to it um Bone is an active structure that responds to stress placed on it microscopic damage created by stress of running is usually quickly repaired 
In the case of stress factors, repetitive trauma overwhelms the bone's repair response, leading to more serious injury. Running makes bones stronger over time, but too much stress with too little time to recover can cause bones to fatigue and fail. Because of this, lower body stress factors common industry representing 20% of all running-related industries. That's where they're talking about that. And like, you know, and of course, basically you get it, you know, too much too soon, which is always kind of the case. And, you know, uh, risk for stress fractures are three circles, bone density, biomechanics, and training factors. While training errors and bone health play a major role in risk, biomechanical problems can contribute significantly to development of stress fractures. And um, that's definitely the case. Um, in fact, there's fairly some fairly prominent athletes especially in the ultra world who are constantly getting injured all the time and if you see them and you watch them run you can kind of see why they've just got ungainly form and i'm not sure what in the world they're doing you know coaches have left them alone all this time because they're like hey they're fast they're winning but you know you're definitely if you're not running correctly and in fact i mean not to blow smoke up my own butt but it's like people marvel and say not marvel but go wow you know you weigh 250 plus pounds how in the world do you don't get injured? And it's one, because I don't, you know, do too much too often, and I've been doing it a long time, but I'm always constantly working on my form, you know, right here on the treadmill, counting my cadence, trying to land with my weight over my center of gravity, you know, my center of gravity over my feet, and just working, working, and trying not to, you know, just thinking physics and running properly. And so another thing that you can help you with uh, the getting is resistance training. Um, the show that strength training will help with uh, rehabilitation. Uh, it says female runners with stress fractures are found to have significantly lower levels of quad strength. And I'm sure that's the case. So, you know, doing some prehab is definitely important. Um, and of course, muscular endurance training. Um, I think this is probably a big thing that um, too many people just eliminate, especially in today's world. You never hear anybody talking about putting in base miles, except for the elite guys. You know, they'll do three or four, um, you know, months of just easy miles and then, do the peaking and stuff but when you're racing every weekend at least with covid people aren't doing that as much and so if you're not putting in those miles and getting yourself you know ready for the pounding of course you're going to get injured especially if like you know you don't do much all weekend like the person some people were running the half marathon this past weekend and then you go out and run 13 miles well that's a huge trauma to your body especially if you haven't even done 13 miles the rest of the week or practically nothing it's very confusing to me. I mean, I've been around running for so long, and it's very bizarre to me that people run races without training for them. I guess I get it. And then, of course, another one they talk about is hip stability training. You know, and that's just kind of like working with your core and just getting all that kind of in line. It says, in a study focused on female runners with history of tibial stress fractures, researchers found the excessive inward motion of the knee and hip during running gait was a predictor of tibular stress fracture. You know, so strengthening up that. And then, of course, gait retraining is a big one. Like I said, I see quite a few uh, number of athletes who are constantly injured, and you watch them run, and they're just a hot mess. And so it's kind of, you know, the kind of the keys here are, you know, you know, getting in some resistance training, doing some weight work, but, you know, putting in your miles. That's the muscular endurance training part. You know, work on your core and work on your form, and you should be able to eliminate these things. And then I think the one key thing that they completely left out of this article is you know go get tested you know get tested and see what your bone density is see what your you know hormone levels are you know get the right amount of minerals you know vitamin d is really important especially now with covid where people aren't outdoors as much you know because we're all being sheltered in place like here in california we're going back to the uh 
the highest level of uh, staying in the house kind of thing. And so, you know, you need vitamin D. And vitamin D, I guess, is helpful with COVID. So, you know, taking calcium supplements if you need to and just taking diet and just eating sufficient calories. Thankfully, that's kind of becoming less and less of a thing, the whole triad, especially with female runners. But even male runners are doing that, too. I mean, I know I've that article I've talked about, you know, with Ryan Hall and Alan Webb and Nathan Ritzenheimer talking about how, during their career how they were constantly trying to starve themselves too much and trying to get as lean as possible. You know, and that all comes down to that whole thing I've been talking about too, minute and racing, where I really wish we'd have weight classes and running, and then people would just run at the weight they need to be at to be healthy instead of the weight they think they need to run fast. So... As always, stay healthy, be boring, not epic.